fantastic young men in the life of the church that are going to come forward this morning and are going to take a few minutes and share with us some different aspects of fatherhood, how they view it, what they think about it, what's important about it, and so on. So can we put our hands together first? We're going to get young Daniel Newman up to share some stuff with us. Special treat, but there'll be a treat of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, you're welcome to come and play on full blast. <laughs> Drown out the sorrows. Um, so yeah, I'm, I was asked to talk on the importance of fatherhood, and um, and so I don't have any kids of my own. Well, every woman always says the the bloke's the child, but I roost the child out of us. She's, she's a little larrikin. Um, so yeah. I, I, per- <laughs> um, I personally think it's important for a father to show and express love to their kids and um, not putting anyone down or nothing like that. But I've seen in my dad, and look, as, as I got older, I've looked back at how his dad raised him and they had their own troubles and that, but you could just sort of see that he wasn't expressed a lot of love. You know, he was love, but he wasn't, um, you know, practical sides of love well, probably weren't shown to him that good. And some sides of that probably come through into his fatherhood. So I, I just think it's important to... Um, something's happening in my arm. Um, like break those chains and be the father you want to be and um, give, the, give your kids the love that you know they need from you as a father. Um, yeah, so as a kid growing up... Sorry I wrote this down. I know this is annoying, but I had to do it. Uh, my mum spent some time in hospitals and um, because of that my dad was struggling with a lot of his own problems but uh, he really did do the best he could and um, I, I cling on to a lot of really good memories I had with him and um, there's one of the times mum was away um, he was manned with the, the kitchen duties and it never <laughs> never went well but he, um, he went to Franklin's one night and um, he must have bought all our groceries off the red light special like they were garbage <laughs> and um, Minty's Fisherman's Friends. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, he got these sardines, and I just remember crack, we cracked them open for dinner, and me and my brother, we just, oh man, we, we put the fork in, and under the skin, you hit the rock straight away. There was just no meat. It was just this solid whale bone with skin on it. <laughs> and, um, like, I always remember that, me, Dad, and my brother just gagging, but he, he was still disciplined to make, yeah, you have to eat it. <laughs> it was just a gagathon, and um, but it was a good memory I've got, like, of sharing that stuff with my dad. And I asked Ruth last night. Um, I just said, "What's you know? You think of your dad from growing up? What's something he imparted on you? And uh, what's a good memory?" And straight away, I just saw a big grin on her face, like she lit up, and uh, just said, "You know, dad tickling me and um, chasing her around cross country at school with a whip, like trying to make her first or nothing, like." You know. <laughs> It, it, I, th- I just saw, like, straight away, just saw a light up, and you know, it's those memories you want to yeah. uh, impact your kids with and leave them with. Um, uh, so, yeah, when I was 13, uh, Dad ended up leaving, and it w- was a pretty tough thing to go through. But uh, I was pretty lucky. I tried really hard to stay close to him, and um, I think God sort of he's hardwired us in with a, a seeking thing for a father, you know, mainly in being him, but even on earth there's just such a need for a father and uh, you just keep seeking it and it's it's like it's built in with us and um yeah I think we're always drawn towards that love of a father and um when I was young I had a friend and um he was a 
Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopian fella, and this is way off topic, but little story. He um, <laughs> he had a swimming pool, so he was the friend to be, be at his house. And one one night, it was like six o'clock, and we dared each. It was a lightning storm, like end of the world stuff. And he dared us to swim in his pool. So we're swimming around. He was fit as a fiddle, like he could run like the wind. And um, there was this crack of lightning, and it was so close to us, I got a tan off it. And um, <laughs> I, I turned, before I was a terrible, I was splashing around. He's already out drying himself with a towel, like safe from the lightning. Oh, I thought I'd died. Um, anyway, silly story. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd been adopted by a single lady, and um, she made it a really good place for him to live. Like, you know, she was doing the best she could for him. Probably should have. Father's not there, but anyway. Um, you know, he had guitars, drum kits, the swimming pool of doom, shoes. He had it all. But... Um, I actually lost a bit of contact with him. He left my school and went off on his own thing. And I actually, he, he pulled into my house one day and I wasn't home, unfortunately, and he was telling my mum he was going overseas to look for his birth parents. And um, you know, I think, you know, that's him. He just had that, so he had to know his real parents. And it turned out that didn't actually go too well for him and, and you know, it really shook him. And his life now is way, way off track from the nice guy he was, isn't it? You know, that's how much of an impact it can have, have on you. Um, so we're, we're just so lucky to have a father in heaven who cherishes us. And, um, yeah, got to hang on to it. So, so last night um, I plucked out a verse from 2 Corinthians 6.18. It says, I'll be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters. And I, I started thinking, um, when and how did I start seeing God as a father? And um, I think when we first start hearing about God, you know, he seems so way out there and um, you know, hard to get a handle on. But, um, you know, you start talking to him, you start um, building that little bit of a relationship and just letting him in a little bit and you see how personal and relational he is. And, um, you know, before long it's like he's in the same room as you when you're talking to him, like it, it is that father figure you have with him. So, yeah, I think as a father it's important not just for day-to-day little things but really that need that a kid needs to have that relationship yeah, that's all. That's right, mate. Really appreciate you sharing with us this morning. And um, it's great to hear people's stories and hear their journey and, and where they come from. And it's always great to get that perspective, that different angle, that sometimes we see things a certain way. And uh, it's, I never really thought about that, that whole idea that there's something in us that's, that's reaching for a father. Yet as you're saying that, I'm going, yeah, that's me. I can... I can Relate to that. Fantastic, mate. Really appreciate that. Thank you. We have another young man that's going to come and share a few thoughts with us this morning as well. Let's welcome Rob. Well, I'm glad Al did the dad jokes earlier on. Yeah, well, Al asked me to say a few words about the characteristics of a father and, um, yeah, just speak about fatherhood in general. Um, Well, a couple of aspects. Um, Biologically, you know, um, a father is a male. That might not be politically correct. (laughs) I don't want to offend anyone, but a father is a male. Um, Yeah, so biologically, we get a lot from our, our father, genetically, you know, our um, appearance, our height, our ability to fish, 
you know, things like that. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> it, it's the fact that um, you know, fatherhood is a relationship and that relationship grows and changes um, with us and also with our, our kids. Um, and, and, and fatherhood's important um, not only um, with the father to a son but father to a daughter. It has a big impact on, on what sort of person our kids become. Um, no pressure there, fathers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's the role model aspect of a father. Um, a father as a guide, a protector, the security that um, a father provides in a household, um, you know, food, shelter, clothing, all that sort of stuff. Uh, financial controller, perhaps. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's the... Um, relationship aspect that, that's important. When, when our kids are little, they, they do need a father who's sort of judge, jury and um, jailer, you know, to keep them on the right track. But that doesn't necessarily work when they're in their later teens. Um, it's a different story. In fact, um, the two stories I want to tell you... Um, one is about my own son. I've, I've had a chat to him. He has no dramas with it. Oh, no one there knows me. Dad, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, our son was a pretty good kid. Um, but when he got to his later teen years, um, well, some of you have probably experienced this sort of thing where you, um, you walk down the street with the family and um, the son is 10 metres in front or 10 metres behind... <laughs> He doesn't want to be seen <laughs> with, with you know, um, anyone else from the family. But, um, yeah, our, our son was, um, I suppose he, was, he would have been 17, turning 18, but um, he'd hit that stage where, you know, um, he wanted to be cool. He wanted to do the cool things. He didn't necessarily um, want to follow the, the line that, that we advocated or... or um, pointing to him. Um, for instance, um, his study week for his HSC, he went off to a music festival in Sydney um, <laughs> with a mate. <laughs> Not um, The thing was with that, he, you know, he knew that we didn't want him to do that, that we didn't think that was a good idea, but um, it, it had the potential to create quite a division between uh, myself as his father and, and he as our son. Oh, my son. Um, but, um, and it was a, a difficult time on, that was just one small example of things that were happening, but um, I, I took the approach that um, as his father, I didn't want to say, you'll do what I tell you, <laughs> you know, you, while you're in this house type thing. I took the approach that I had to keep the communication lines open. Um, and although... You know, we didn't. He didn't agree, and I didn't agree, but we we maintained that um, forum for discussion, for communication, and um, that that was a big a big thing, and it, it's really um, uh, produced a relationship now that that's you know fairly special. That um, James often will phone to discuss things, and and um, yeah, and I think 
that was a point where um, if I'd tried to hold on to the fatherly relationship that um, was on the model of, um, of law, you know, you, you do as I tell you, this is what should happen, this is how it should be, um, I think things might be vastly different now. Um, okay, so that's one story. <laughs> Second one, I won't take up too much more time. I, I had a good friend when I was at uni. Um, he, um, he was very intelligent. Um, fellow, he, he sort of topped the year, got the university medal from the School of Business, all this sort of thing. Um, but he had a a real bitterness towards his father. Um, he was really angry with his father, really bitter. Um, and, and this fellow was a, a, a talented and gifted person, a, a great sports sportsman. The girls all loved him, um, and academically he was he was great, brilliant. But um, when he was twelve or thirteen, um, his father sent him off to boarding school. Uh, now, now this fellow uh, lived at Mollymook down the south coast, um, you know, across the road from the beach, and he loved the surf and that. And he was packed off to the city, and and um, he he resented it so much that it. It impacted on just about everything that he did. Uh, when when I first became mates with him, he was in his early 20s. Um, but it was such an Im- impact on his life. It was unbelievable, um, his response to being sent off to boarding school. Um, anyway, down the track, um, he, he met a girl and they married. And um, when she was pregnant, um, he booked their child, in case it was a boy into a boarding school, the one that he'd gone to. Um, yeah, that's... I'm, I mean, I don't understand that, but I think there's something in that that even, um, you know, we... Our father's influence on us is dramatic. Even if it's a negative impact, um, that role model issue, we take it up, kids take it up, they follow it. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's just something strange I've puzzled about and I, I, just when I was asked to talk about um, being a father today I thought that's something that I should mention. Um, I've got a song down there I think um, Luke might put on but that's about all I have to say, you know, just, yeah. yeah. Okay. She wrote it as a poem and it was a poem about her ex-husband and her ex-husband's relationship to her son. And that's where it came from. And so it was an illustration of something that, an observation she had made over life in her own personal world with her husband and her son. The guy singing it, that she then met Harry and and then Harry put it into, into a song and wrote the song. And in an interview with him, he said, it's the most frightening song I've ever sung. He said, the reason it's the most frightening song I've ever sung is because he said, when I sing it and I think about my own children, he said, it scares me. It scares me. Just in, in sort of finishing up today, I've, I've heard a similar theme with what we've been talking about with the importance of relationship, the importance of role modelling, um, of, of catering individually, which is what Rob's talking about to your different children. It's not about legalism and, and teaching and laws and, 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 and rules and you know, and I, I think about our Heavenly Father and in the Garden of Eden, he didn't, 
He didn't give them ten commandments. He gave them one rule. That was all he gave them. It was basically do whatever you want, live whoever you want. Here's just one rule. In God's perfect world, there was one rule. You know, Later on in time, we know about the Ten Commandments coming into play and so on. But fatherhood is a really, really difficult thing to navigate. I was watching a movie last night. I don't know if any of you saw it. It's called We Bought a Zoo. Anyone seen that film? I was watching it last night. It was on TV. We didn't mean to. We had a bit of a family uh, get-together and a bit of a discussion as a family. And after the kids went to bed, we flicked on the TV. And um, I was actually on YouTube finding that. And, and on came this movie. There's a scene in the movie where Matt Damon uh, is having an argument with his kids. The story is that his wife has passed away. And so he's trying to, to work out and navigate life now as a single father. And he's got these two kids. And so he goes and he buys, literally buys a zoo. It's based on a true story, a zoo in, in America somewhere. And he buys this zoo and he drags the kids along. And there's a scene of tension between the son and the father that takes place where they end up in a full-on argument. The boy's only about 11, 12 years of age. And there's this full-on argument that takes place between father and son. And there's a line that comes out of the father's mouth. He says to the kid, he says, I thought that this would be a big adventure. I thought this would be a great adventure. And when I heard that statement last night and I was thinking about Father's Day and fatherhood, I thought, you know what, I remember that moment. Actually, I personally remember that moment of, of having children and thinking the same thing, that this, we're about to set off on a big adventure as fathers, as, as parents. Mothers can relate to this. We, we, we have our first child and, and we have that mentality. We're about to set off on a great new adventure, something we've never done before, never experienced before. Um, unfortunately, the adventure doesn't always go the way that we plan it to go. It doesn't always end up at the destination that we want or it doesn't look exactly the way that we want it to look. Uh, we make mistakes. We get things wrong. We, we, we mess up along the way uh, as, as fathers. I don't think you have to look much further than the media to see the stereotypical image of a father is that we're kind of half-wits, you know? Most of your, most movies will have a man in there who has had massive failings. Usually there'll be some tension between a father and a child, whether it be a son or a daughter. It's a common theme in a lot of Hollywood films, an inability to relate to the father. Uh, most sitcoms have as a, a primary character some bumbling, idiotic father. He's one of the primary characters in just about every popular sitcom is some father who's just not quite there, but the beautiful thing, the thing that we love about it is the fact that but everybody loves him. He might be bumbling and he might be a bit stupid, but he's likeable. He's a likeable, lovable sort of a character. And, and, and we make mistakes along the way as fathers. Actually, I, I found a couple of mistakes online the other day. Luke, if you want to put the first one up there. <laughs> Things that mothers don't know we do to our children when you are not present. <laughs> I reckon that's a mistake. Have we got another one there, Luke? Mum did not know we were doing this. Next one. <laughs> now that's not so much a mistake, so much as a vision for the future. I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that one. Have we got one more, another one there at all, Luke? Okay, what you can't see down the bottom here is this is actually quite intelligent. The father has tied both the legs to that. So, you know when the children start to crawl and you can't keep up with them? Fantastic idea. He's tied it around the pole so this baby's just scratching on the floor and can't get anywhere. We should have one more there. Here we go. 
bit of a comparison. So ladies, please, those of you that haven't got Ruth, when you do have children, don't leave them alone with Daniel because I can imagine him doing all that and then some as well. (laughs) The point is, as fathers, we don't always do a fantastic, perfect job. But Father's Day today is not about reflecting on where our fathers may have let us down. It's not about reflecting on where our fathers didn't hit the mark. We can all acknowledge, and I'm sure that most fathers, no matter what uh, they're like or no matter what they present or what they say, I'll guarantee you most fathers, most fathers will think about things. Most fathers are aware. And most fathers later in life, and I know my own father does, live with great regret that they didn't make better choices, that they weren't better role models, that they weren't better examples and so on. But Father's Day is not a day where we're to focus on what we didn't have. It's a day to honour. It's a day to think about what we did have. It's a day to lift up fatherhood and to lift up fathers. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul writes this. He says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Any children here? Obey your parents. Obey your parents. Unless your parents are telling you to do something that is contrary to the character and nature of God, contrary, illegal, whatever, other than that, obey your parents. Honour your father and mother. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. And this is the promise. If you honour your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. If you honour your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. Let me tell you, one of the hardest things to be on planet Earth is a Christian father. You know why? Because we have someone that we feel the need to compare ourselves with. We have somebody that we feel like we represent to our families, to our kids. There's somebody there we feel like we represent to our neighbours, to our friends, to those around us. Somebody that we feel like if we get this wrong, in years to come my kids are going to struggle when somebody stands up and says, Father God. When somebody says to my kids, this is what God is like as a father, I feel the weight of that and I feel like, God, I just so badly want to get it right as a father because it's going to be reflective not only of an earthly father but but when we talk about God as a father, we've all got a picture of what our earthly father was like. And when we hear that God is a father, we interplay that picture and we try to make sense of it. Okay, hang on a second. You're saying father, this is my experience of a father and this is what you're saying God is as a father and, and, and the further apart they are, the harder it is to bring them in. There's a process of trying to line them up. It creates more barriers between where I am and where he is because when I hear father, some people want to run a mile away. If God's a father, I want nothing to do with him. We're aware of that as Christian fathers. We're aware that we are not only here to do the basics and provide the things that need to be provided for kids, but let me tell you something, people. If you're in this room, if you had Christian fathers... They would have felt that weight as well, that, that sense of responsibility that we are representing, not just ourselves, but you know what, I am every day, the way I deal with my kids when they're good, bad, indifferent. I am somehow giving them a picture of this is what your Heavenly Father is doing to you right now. This is how your Heavenly Father is speaking to you right now. This is how your Heavenly Father is treating you when you do this, when you do that, when you do the right thing. But also, as Rob was saying, when they don't quite go the path that we feel like they should, we are still representing God and we live with that. So I think it's important that we honour our fathers. 
And it's great that we have this day set aside, just as we do Mother's Day set aside, not to say one is better than the other. Mothers and fathers are both created in the image of God and both replicate an aspect of the character and nature of God that we need to have. But when you live without one, you realise, you know what, they both have very distinct things they bring to the table. And today we celebrate and honour fathers for that which fathers bring to the table. It says here that we should honour our father. And then he goes on and says, you know, it's the first commandment with a promise. If you do that, there's a promise from God. If you can learn to honour your father, the promise is this, you will have a long life and a blessed life. I wonder, I just wonder whether wrapped up in that phrase of a long life and a blessed life is the fact that if you choose to focus on the negatives, the bitterness that I carry, if I look at my father and go, but you failed me in so many areas, you failed me in so many areas in the natural, and my father did, and he'll admit that. He failed me in so many areas. If I focus on that, I can get bitter and twisted. And what does that do to me as a person as I allow bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment to reside in my heart? I'll guarantee I'm not going to live a long, blessed life. Science itself will tell you the chemical reactions, the stuff that goes on inside of me, it's going to be detrimental to me. But if I can learn to honour, the word honour in the Greek means to affix value to. To fix value to. I look at the world today and the pressures on men, and I'm again not, not underplaying women, but the pressures and the things that we face as men and the expectations that are out there and what we're told we have to look like and be like and act like and so on. It, it, the bar is really, really high, people. It's really, really high. It's really, really high. But you know what? The only way I'm going to get there is if I have people cheering me on, placing value on me, honouring me, lifting me up, then I've got my best chance of, of achieving that. If I've got people sitting around that are constantly disappointed with what I didn't do or what I don't... So, and and you, if I lose my cheering party, if I lose my fans... It's so much harder for me to attain and reach and go there. I've been disappointed by my earthly father. I'm sure that many of you have too. Some of us had great role models. Unfortunately, in this day and age, many of us don't. A lot of young kids now, you, you young kids growing up now, a lot of, a lot of you coming through now, you're, coming, you're going to come through a generation of fathers who didn't, a lot of them didn't even have father figures themselves. And the way society's going, it's only getting worse and worse and worse. You know, here's the thing. My dad did the best he could with the knowledge he had at the time. And I'm settled on that. And every father in this room does the best they can with the knowledge they have at the time. And let me encourage all you children here. Let me even encourage you adults who might be sitting there thinking, I hate Father's Day, my father was this, my father was that. I don't know your story and I don't want to downplay your pain and I certainly don't want to downplay what has the events that may have unfolded in your life as a result of certain things. I, I, I dare not do that. But can I say, as a possibility, is it possible that your father just did perhaps what he saw, perhaps what was replicated? Is it possible that he did the best he could with the knowledge that he had at the time? And I think every father in this room would agree that that's basically what we're doing. We're just doing the best we can with the understanding and the knowledge that we have today. So I just want to say this. I just want to say, honour your father. Honour your father. For two reasons. Number one, for him. And he might not be here today, but you can still honour your father because honour starts in here. It's by placing value upon them. You know, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I have honour in my heart, it'll come out of my mouth. Okay? We can still honour our fathers, even if they're not here. We can honour our fathers. 
Let's learn to honour. It's a benefit to me. It's also a benefit to them. Honour your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise that you may live a long and a blessed life. Father, we want to thank you uh, today, God. Thank you for the things that we've heard, Lord. And God, the stories that have been shared. And um, Lord, there are, are so many powerful uh, points and so many, so many things that have been said today, God, through Rob and uh, Lord, through Daniel and uh, Lord, even that, that video clip that we've watched, God. There's so much truth in the stories that we have heard today. Uh, but Father, we pray as we go from here today, God, help us to take what it is that you're saying to each of us individually, God. What can we do today to honour our father and mother? God, what can we do today? And as we do that, we know that we are enacting a spiritual command, a principle from God to honour our father. We also know, God, that you have said there'll be a blessing back upon us as we do what you've called us to do as well, Father. So, Lord, I just pray a huge blessing right now, God, upon every father in this room. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with your peace. Bless them with your encouragement this morning, God, that, that they're good men. They're not perfect and they're not the best, but they're good men and they're doing the best they can with the knowledge that they have. And, Father, for, for, for the fathers that aren't in this room, God, for our our parents, God, our fathers that may not be represented here, God, we want to say thank you this morning, God. Not thank you for everything they did. Not thank you for the result of all of their choices. But God, at a very basic level, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for that man. I wouldn't have the opportunity to be in this great fellowship and meet these great people. I wouldn't have the opportunity to be friends. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here, God, simple as that if he wasn't there to play some sort of a role. There's always something I can honour and thank my Father for. And I thank you for that this morning, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Have a great week. We're going to hang up the front here. I'm going to get Christy just to come on up and just play a little bit of music for us if, if you've got some time. I know that... that, that the three big days of the year that we, we kind of celebrate or we do big things with, apart from Easter, is Father's Day, Mother's Day and Christmas. I know that, that, that what can be the greatest of days for some people can be the worst and the hardest of days for others. What can be right up here for someone can be right down here for others. I've picked up people on the side of the road on Christmas Day in the pouring rain because they had no money, no car, and they had their kids with them and they just wanted to get somewhere to celebrate Christmas with a family member. It's tough. Some of us don't have fathers here and you're sitting here and you're hearing all this talk and deep down inside you would do anything to have your dad back. Maybe your father's alive today but you don't have a relationship but you would do anything to just initiate or somehow have a connection with him. So we acknowledge that, that, that these days can be the greatest of experiences for some. They can also be very hard. But you know what? We have a father in heaven who wants to journey with us and help us. We've got a father in heaven who wants to help us make sense of that which makes no sense, to bring peace into areas of our life where there's a bit of chaos. So we're finished. Feel free to go up, grab some morning tea, have a coffee, a tea. Can I just ask that maybe just uh, just respect the fact if anybody does feel to come forward this morning, uh, anybody would like prayer for anything you've heard today. Uh, if you'd like uh, uh, something Daniel said, Daniel, something Daniel has said today, please feel free to go up, ask Daniel. Daniel, would you pray for me? Um, Rob, there might have been something that Rob said today. We, 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 we love Rob. He's a, he's a great man. It might be something that Rob said this morning. So for this morning, maybe you might want to go up to Rob and say, look, can I talk to you? Can I chat with you? Can I pray with you? Don't just get up and go like it's 
the end of a meeting. But if God's speaking to you, do a little bit of business with God before you go. Otherwise, guys, have a fantastic week. Uh, we'll see you at Connect Groups in the middle of the week for those of you that are there. Otherwise, we'll see you back here next Sunday. God bless you.